Welcome back to the Cheryl Reeves Show. I want to thank everybody who came out for last week's Cheryl Reeves Show. We had a special guest. We had Lindsay Whalen, who brought Carly Tebow and Mike Tebow uh, along, and the entire Tebow family. It was a blast. And, uh, you know, listen, Lindsay's always great, but I really thought she was just fascinating for a solid hour talking about her life, her team, her time with the Lynx, Cheryl, Mike, everything else. She was she was fantastic. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to that. It was at Pizza Luce downtown, which is our sponsor of this program. We'll be doing another live show. Oh, but November 16th, Jim. I thought so, and I just didn't want to say the wrong yeah. date. So November 16th. I think we said 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock on November 16th at the downtown Pizza Luce, right by Target Center and Target Field. It's a great location. We have a back room to ourselves. Perfect setup for the Cheryl Reeves Show. Come on out. We'll have a lot of fun. You get to ask live questions. The food's great. People are great. Uh, you know, good beer, everything else. So once again, thanks thanks to PizzaLuce.com. Let's, let's start here today, Cheryl. Uh, expansion seems to be a hot topic, at least on WNBA Twitter. You know, Drake is acting like he's going to bring a WNBA team to, <laughs> to Toronto. You got, uh, obviously, you have uh, Oakland very interested in the team. Where, where does expansion stand right now as far as you know? Well, I, I think, and, and Kathy Engelbert has spoken about it, I think, in playoffs and pr- prior to the finals, and, and she understands that it is a hot topic and the reasons for it, and I think she's excited about the possibilities. But I think uh, in, in league meetings and our conversations, um, it, it, nothing is imminent uh, in terms of, you know, for the coming season, we're probably looking at being a couple years away from that. I think to do it right, to do it properly, uh, you do have to fully vet the analytics, and, and I think that's the place that Kathy is in. That's what she's expressed. Uh, and, and then, you know, you just want to make sure, uh, you know, what number of teams uh, that you would have. Is it one? Is it two? Is it four? What are, you, what are you doing? And so I think Kathy at this point is formulating a plan with regard to that, uh, the best possible places. And, and then that you give that team the appropriate amount of time to prepare for uh, the start of their franchise. I think, you know, the, through the course of time in our league, you know, we've seen, you know, teams try to get up and running in, in a matter of months, and that just doesn't feel like the right way to do it. So I think Kathy's going to be very thoughtful in the processes towards this. You mean you can't just uh, roll a couple of basketballs out and print a jersey <laughs> and, and be and roll? I mean, that's the thing. You know, you know, we're all impatient for growth, but it is a it is a process, and it's a difficult process. It is, and it's, it's you know, we feel like it's it's due. You know, it, it's, it, we're, it's time, um, and and – you know, I think it helps the overall league, but I think Kathy has some, some business priorities. Um, you know, the overall equity of the, of the teams currently in the league, I think being a priority, um, you know, the equity values. And, and so I think, you know, Kathy's, uh, she's got a lot of things in front of her, you know, that I think she's trying to tackle from, from a business standpoint. And I know expansion is, is definitely there. Uh, I'm not sure that it's, like I said, it's not imminent, you know, but we're probably a few years away. What is your life like right now as both a general manager and coach? You've had a little bit of distance from the end of the season. Uh, are things starting to ramp up? Are you getting ready? Are you doing draft prep? Are you doing uh, you know free agency prep? What's going on right now? Yeah, right now we do our typical October, November work, uh, which is uh, evaluate the processes by which we determine you know decisions uh, about our team. So we look at what what's worked for us in the past. So we it's kind of really more in the trenches of kind of understanding what what have we used uh, to project uh, prospects abilities in our league uh, what of our uh, what about our processes towards free agency what what have gone well um, you know is there anything we can look to do you know uh, to, to gather more knowledge to apply to uh, draft and free agency this year so that's what we're going through right now um, get you know formulating already 
um, you know, the, the desirables in terms of free agency of, of what would, you know, what would our plan be? Uh, I like to do a three-year plan every three years. Uh, I'm, I'm now three years from the 2018 plan. Uh, so we're formulating, you know, along with, with Claire and our staff, just, you know, what do we look like, you know, in 2022, 23, 24. So you just, you know, right now it's just, you got a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of spreadsheets and whatnot open, a lot of windows open on the, on the laptop right now. Uh, and, and then we're trying to narrow things down and, and get ready towards action steps. Um, but that's typically what October and November look like. You're reminding me of when I was a Twins beat writer in the 1990s and I'd go to Terry Ryan's office and Terry was really open with me and he would have his five-year plan just up on the wall. And, you know, and, and these days you wouldn't get into that office or if you did get in that office, they'd cover everything up and he would just let me look at it. You know, it was just kind of funny. And, you know, he knew I wasn't going to burn him on it, but it was fascinating. It was like, you know, he had every position at pretty much every level of his organization mapped out for the next five years, knowing that things could, are going to change. There are going to be injuries, Absolutely. all that other stuff, but he had the plan out there. And, and I do think that most sports executives really are that you know, granular about planning and have to be. Well, you have to be. I think you have to know what lies ahead and what, what's going to shape your decisions. And, you know, you have to know simple things like the strength of the draft, uh, the strength of free agency. How does that fit your team? Um, we, we haven't quite gotten so far as to uh, a number of conversations around who might be available via trade. That that will be next as, as we start making calls around the league. And, um, you know, that, yeah, there's, there's a lot that you – you know, if you like, like we talked about free agency for us in 20 and uh, 21, uh, what we did in 20 versus, you know, like we said, we don't want to we have a cutoff. We didn't want to jump uh, and just get too excited about free agency just to say we did something in free agency because then it would limit our abilities in a strong free agency class in 2021. You have that same mindset. What, what exists in 22, 23, 24? You know, when is your time to, to strike and. Uh, you know, how, like, how do you manage it before you, you know, you, you, you strike in free agency two years from now, uh, that sort of thing. That, that's the fun. I, I really enjoy all of that and putting together a productive team, you know, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to, you know, to just hear from teams around the league as far as how they value our players, if there's, you know, uh, any transactions to be had. And uh, you just put it all together and, and, you, and you have a plan. And I, I, that the reason why that plan on the wall is really important is because I think sometimes you have a plan in place and then, you know, six months later, a year later, uh, somebody's testing that plan. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you got to look over there and go, look, now we said we weren't going to do this. So we got to make sure. And so that good checks and balances uh, that you have that visual. Uh, so I, I like that idea. There's so many traps in player evaluation. I think, the, you know, having covered so many sports uh, across you know the board for the last however many years, it seems like figuring out how to evaluate an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 22-year-old, whatever, it's got to be the hardest thing in sports. When you talk about self-evaluation, is there a trap that you try to avoid? Is there something? Is there something that you've recognized that hey, it's really easy to get fooled by? X. And, and of course, I'm asking that, hoping that it's something you can actually talk about publicly. Well, I, what comes to mind for me is the fundamentals of not thinking you can you can change a player. Uh, and so, like, if you want to be a really good rebounding team, for example, uh, then you, you need to make sure you have rebounders. And so if you're looking at a player that's number one on your board that isn't a rebounder, you can't expect that that player is going to all of a sudden be a rebounder. So you can't think that you can change a player's work ethic. 
a player's motor, a player's skill set. That they, Can you evolve through player development? Yes. But there are certain translatables that a player has, like Rebecca Brunston is a great example, one of the best all time. Um, she's going to do that every day of her life. That's going to translate. Um, and, and then, you know, same thing with, with players, you know, I think efficiency, you know, you don't, you don't become efficient if you weren't already efficient. There's enough of a track record for these players, for us to have a, a clear direction about who they are. Uh, you can, you can become a better, uh, three point shooter if it's not currently in, in your game. Uh, those are the things that you have to project. You have to project in a, a player's ability to improve in pick and roll game, et cetera. That's a little bit harder. Um, but the, the fundamentals are the staples uh, of the game. You know, I think sometimes what we do is we err uh, in thinking that we could change uh, players. And so you try to avoid that trap. It's in, in sports for fans. Hope is everything for sports managers. Hope can be really dangerous, right? Uh, oh, that was absolutely. Oh, they'll figure this out. Well, well, yeah. and, and of course, you're reminding me of another baseball uh, memory. I grew up watching the Baltimore Orioles, Earl Weaver, the great Orioles teams. And Earl used to get a lot of credit for his team's defensive prowess. And somebody asked, uh, you know, hey, how did you develop such a good defensive team? And they were expecting him to tell them about this special drill or philosophy. He said, uh, I went out and got good defensive players. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> That's well said. That's exactly yeah. it. That's the whole thing. All right, let's talk a little bit about your overseas players and Waylon. We do want to thank some of our sponsors. Uh, let's start with thanking Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations. Luther Advantage warranty and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. We also want to thank All Energy Solar. AllEnergySolar.com is a home improvement project. Solar energy can start paying for itself. The moment the system is powered up, it can pay back 100% of the installation cost within eight years. Plus, a system from All Energy Solar can even pay back over 300% of its cost over its lifetime. And you can save even more if you install by the end of the year with 2021 solar incentives. Learn how you can make the switch this this fall at allenergysolar.com. Also, to tell you about my realtor, Cara Quinn Realtor. You can find her at caraquinnrealtor.com. You can also go, uh, she she pointed out in one of her recent uh, blog posts from Vibe MN. You can find her a lot of places. You can find her at Cara Quinn Realtor. Find her at vibemn.com. Uh, you can find her on Facebook. I just noticed that she's also on Facebook, Cara two dashes. Quinn and some beautiful photos on there. That the great thing about Cara is she can sell, she can buy, she can find, she can help through the process, and she can offer, you know, advice on exterior and interior decorating and looks. She's been so helpful to us. It just helps with somebody who can narrow things down and has an eye for things. You're just not going to find that with every realtor. You're just not. I've had realtors I had to dump before just, and I'm not the kind of person who ever wants to fire somebody. It just, but you know, Cara has been a dream to work with. We highly recommend checking her out. First place to start, CaraQuinnRealtor.com. Thanks also to Lori Ramsey of Successful Marketing Group. She was out at the Cheryl Reeves show for Lindsay Whalen last week. She's going to be doing her coat drive soon. We'll tell you more about that. That's been a big success 
as well. And listen, thanks again to everybody who uh, listens to the podcast. Thanks for producer Brandon Morton and our sales executive, Karen Cleary. Uh, so Waylon, it's interesting because I, I mentioned to Waylon and, and Carly last week, hey, Cheryl, you know, says, you know, she could, she said we should speak into existence that the Gophers could be a Final Four team this year. And you know, usually coaches just don't like to have outside expectations placed upon them. And, you know, they, they didn't say, hey, yeah, we're going to be the Final Four, but they, did, they didn't fight back against high expectations. It, it really, I thought, was a, a very interesting insight into uh, the way they're thinking that they are, they seem like they're ready to roll and, and they have some great, uh, they have some great recruiting classes coming in the next couple of years. Obviously, Carl's, Carly's partially responsible for all of that. It does feel like this might be, we might be near a breakthrough with that program. Yeah, and, and, and talking with Lindsay, yeah, that's exactly how she feels. Um, you know, I think she feels like she has her feet under her, you know, as a coach in terms of going through the process of, of selecting players for the program and what's important. And uh, I think she's really, really pleased with how things have turned out from a recruiting standpoint. And now it's just putting all together uh, on the court X and O wise. And so I think the, uh, I, I sense that same uh, enthusiasm that I've gotten gotten from Lindsay. And, you know, Lindsay's a player that, you know, it just, I, or a coach now, but it was a player that always had naturally high expectations. Uh, so I'm not surprised to hear it all. I mean, that, that's why you're doing it. I mean, that's, that's why she's at the University of Minnesota. You know, there is an expectation for success and, and you want people that, you know, are, are, you know, willing to do what's necessary uh, to meet those expectations. And, and so I'm not surprised at all to hear that. Once I interviewed uh, Lindsay's husband, Ben Grieve, he was about to play in the state championship. He's, an am- he's a very good amateur golfer. And uh, I was asking him, so, you know, you're, you, you are in the same house with a champion, uh, an Olympian, you know, did you get <laughs> advice? And he was like, say, yeah, he's like, because I, I'll get nervous and I'll, I'll worry about things. And Lindsay and Waylon will tell me, you know, go, go win the damn thing. It's like, you know, that's, and that's <laughs> what you always saw from Lindsay as a player. It's like, she didn't waste a lot of time navel gazing. She was like, go get the damn thing. That's exactly right. That's what made her great. Yeah. Uh, your overseas players, I know you have uh, McBride and Carlton playing overseas. Am I missing anybody? Uh, yeah, actually, Jess Shepard. I don't I don't know if, if that's hit. Uh, it certainly, hopefully, has hit our, our, our website. But uh, Jess is playing in Italy. Oh, cool. uh, I believe the town is uh, Sassari. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But uh, Jess is doing quite well um, uh, with, with her team and, and, you know, putting up big numbers um, I think she, last night or two nights ago, she had like 42 and, you know, 20, 25 or six rebounds, like some crazy number. Wow. Um, and, and so, and this is what we wanted for Jess. And, and we have a couple other players that are g- going to be going over when Renaya Davis is healthy here in a month or so. Uh, looks like Crystal Dangerfield's going to be heading over. Um, uh, but anyway, but I, I think, you know, for Jess, we really encouraged her to go play because I think, you know, younger players and, and Jess really just completed her first full season. Uh, as a pro, I know that we feel like she's older, but, um, you know, this is a player that just needs to keep playing and build that confidence. And what she's doing for her team in Italy is exactly what she needs. And, and hopefully we get to, to benefit from that momentum. Uh, book recommendation. John Grisham is really not one of my favorite authors, but he did write a book about called Playing for Pizzas about like kind of a washed up quarterback going over and playing amateur football in, in Italy. And it's really not about sports. It's about the lifestyle, the fact that you walk into a restaurant and they want to feed you 12 courses every meal. Uh, so I, I recommend that if you want to get a picture of what it might be like to be an athlete over in <laughs> Italy. I might have to try to catch up with Jess while she's over there. That might be fun to talk to her. Um, where, you know, well, I thought you meant go visit her. 
Yeah, uh, okay, I'd like that too. My, you know, we, my wife and I have a short list of places we haven't been that we really want to get to. And my my sister's living in Italy, in uh, Germany, and she said the best oh, place well. in Italy is the best place in Europe is Italy. She said it's the most well. beautiful, the best food, the the most relaxing place. So I definitely want to get over there. Have you been to Italy? I have. I was just actually uh, in my in my mind reminiscing a little bit. Uh, we took um, uh, my mom. Uh, it was a mom's trip to to Europe, and so. Um, I think that was in 2017. And so we did uh, Rome and uh, Venice and we took the train up from Rome to Venice. And then from there we went to Paris. Uh, I absolutely loved Italy. So I, I share that sentiment and uh, you know, just, I, I like the food, you know, and, yeah. and not, not all players. Is that a good place for them to play? <laughs> but I think Jess is okay uh, being in Italy. Um, but, but yeah, I think uh, it, it really is beautiful. A lot, lots of beautiful scenery. I loved Rome. I know there's a lot more, you know, to see in Italy besides the, you know, the basics of Rome and Venice. But um, my little bit of dabbling in Italy was was quite enjoyable. I've also, my wife and I have also watched Stanley Tucci's Italy. Uh, it, he mm-hmm. did like one season before COVID interrupted everything. But I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really kind of a, a cool laid back way to see cities through the, the food, and the food culture. That's worth checking out. Uh, so in terms of Jess, uh, what are your hopes for her? What's her upside? I think Jess has real upside and, you know, I, we've told her that since we've drafted her and we just, we like her skill set a lot. There's, you know, we talk about things that players do every time they play. Uh, Jess does winning things. You know, she likes to rebound the ball, uh, particularly on the offensive side of it. Jess is a good passer. Um, and so I think just her learning, you know, what, what she's capable of doing offensively in this league, that's the next step for her in terms of her individual offense. She's getting that confidence, uh, you know, playing in Italy, even though the competition is nowhere near, what you see in the WNBA, that first step is getting confident to, to take shots um, and, and knowing, you know, that that's something that she should do. And, you know, I think that's, you know, first, first uh, for me, it was a success, her getting back on the court, spending an entire season healthy, um, probably not playing as much as she wanted to. Um, and so the next step is, is, you know, getting, getting on the court more. Uh, and, and that's, you know, hopefully what we'll see in 2022. Saw some photos, Rachel Bannum and Ryan Davis hanging out with Mark Laurie. And uh, I've seen Alex Rodriguez has been around the team. Have you had any more conversations or interactions with them? Yeah, you know, that's ongoing, which which is great. Um, you know, Alex was in, in town, as, as you noted. And, you know, Mark has been here, you know, this week and um, very inclusive and, and you know, thought of thought of our players right away when, when he had some uh, had some seats uh, to share. And, and so he wanted to hang out with Lynx players, which was really cool. And um, but yeah, and that's, you know, like the kind of the, you know, the more detailed side of, of putting our roster together, et cetera, that, that, that will happen here in the next probably uh, month where we reveal, um, you know, what, what we think our plan should be and let them poke holes in it. And, and then, like I said, when we hit January, we're, it's all about action steps. Have you gotten a final answer on Syl yet as to whether she's coming back? We haven't. It's too soon. Um, sure. You know, I think that's that space of letting a player kind of go be with their family and you know fill their tank a little bit of uh, things that they miss out on. And and uh, but we're you know we're in touch. You know and and uh, you know but in terms of any decision, that's that's a little soon. Sure. Will you be involved in the final four at all? Not that you don't have enough on your plate already. Uh, I'll be involved from a peripheral standpoint, trying to help out the, you know, the committee that's, that's putting on the final four. We want it to be the best, uh, final four ever, you know, and, and so I'll be participating in, in events, uh, dinners, et cetera, and, and events around the final four. And certainly some of our players will be as well. So pretty exciting. 
Yeah, cool stuff. Uh, let's get a final thought from Cheryl. Once again, thank you to our producer, Brandon Morton, our sales executive, Karen Cleary. She can always be reached at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it again. K-C-L-E-R. <laughs> I can't even... You're having one of those days where you just can't function. I'm having one of those no. days. Oh, yeah, I know you don't. That's why you are where you are. I'm just kidding. K-C-L-E-A-R-L-Y at talknorth.com. I got it right. Remember, November 16th, 7 p.m., the next Cheryl Reeve live show, Pizza Luce downtown. Check out pizzaluce.com for all the locations, but we're doing the live show downtown in the back room. It's been a blast. Uh, come out and enjoy some time with us. Ask live questions and hang out with us. We do appreciate it. All right, Cheryl, final thought on anything you like. Well, I was thinking about how I didn't get to hear about your New York trip. Uh, that you. And oh, Stacey well, I'll tell you about it right now. Yeah. That- so, yeah, we, my wife and I took a long weekend, went to, uh, it was MEA weekend. She's an, a, a principal, so that was her chance to get away. Went to New York. We hadn't been in New York, obviously, in a long time. Uh, we went to see Hamilton our first night. Uh, and it was interesting because, you know, completely different cast than the original. Uh, and, you know, obviously you're not going to get, like, uh, David Diggs, who does Jefferson and uh, and Lafayette, he's incredible. You're, nobody else is going to do that as well as he did it. They basically created the role for him. Uh, but there were some people actually were might have been better some, than some of the original cast members. It was it was really interesting to see that, see how differently they interpret the roles. Uh, it's, and seeing Hamilton on Broadway in New York is just it's just a life experience. So that was great. Um, went and as we're standing in line for Hamilton on. Thursday night, we looked across, and the theater across the street was had the Tina Turner uh, experience, at, and basically, you know, it's a more of a traditional play highlighting Tina Turner's life. And I knew the story; my wife didn't, but like Tina Turner, so we went and saw that. And uh, I don't have the name of the woman off the top of my head right now, but she was phenomenal. And of course, the show was only gonna be good if the lead could do Tina Turner, and she did Tina Turner, and that's not easy to do. So. We don't go to a lot of plays, but when we're in New York, we try to go out our way to make sure we do it. It was that was fantastic. We found some great restaurants, walked about ten miles a day, went through, lived, and stayed on Central Park and walked around Central Park a lot. And you know, New York is exhausting, <laughs> but it's also spectacular. Uh, so it was great to be there for like three or four days, and and that was enough. Of course, Cheryl will be getting back to New York next season uh, while traveling with the Lynx. I'll have to give her some uh, some play and restaurant tips on her way there. Hey, thanks to Cheryl. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. This is TalkNorth.com.